It's the Christina Show. Welcome, my friend. We're about to embark on a colorful journey full of love, laughter, and most definitely tears as we chat about the wonders and curiosities of life on this planet as a highly sensitive human. It's no secret that it doesn't take much for us to cry, but what happens after the tears? How do we find our way up and out of the deep ends of despair or the middle waters of apathy? How do we stand our ground when we feel like it never seems to stop shaking? I'm Christina, your show host and unexpected tour guide to a life fully and vibrantly lived as a highly sensitive human. Nothing to do now except sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So I am sitting here with my dear, dear friend, um, and that doesn't feel like an encompassing enough word, uh, but my dear friend, Cassandra. Cassandra and I have been friends for about five years. Is that right? It's about right. That's about right. And I would actually love for you to introduce yourself. I could give an intro, but what's important (laughs) for you to share about yourself? Because you've, there's quite a lot I could say, but I'd love to hear what's important to you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, more so than sharing about me, I think I would like to set the stage of us. So as we're sitting here right now, it's the last night in your apartment in Santa Monica, California, which is very close to where we met in Venice Beach, in the coastal cities of L.A., And we're sitting, sharing a really fine, expensive, wonderful, robust, rich bottle of red wine in red Solo cups because you're moving and everything's (laughs) packed up. (laughs) So it's kind of a lovely juxtaposition of uh, luxury and finery combined with what's left in the pantry. And we're wearing uh, matching silk pajamas, which I feel like is important to note. Um, They're petal pink with fronds palm fronds on them, um, which I always think is lovely. Like petal pink represents a color of growth and green represents the color of the heart, which feels like a lot about our friendship and us as individuals, learning Mm -hmm. to open our hearts, be vulnerable and tender, be sensitive and share. And we're also both wearing matching uh, glitter on our eyelashes. I was waiting for that one. Which feels really important. (laughs) That is Probably the most important element right now at play. Probably. Mm -hmm. Cheers to glitter. Cheers to glitter and a little sparkle or a lot. So just to give a little more insight, those are all very important things. And Cassandra, I'm going to close my eyes sometimes as we speak because it helps me ground and center. Great. Cassandra is a person who has helped me very deeply on my own journey into embracing my own sensitivity and has actually helped me a lot. I should say she has helped me in our friendship and the container of our friendship has helped me not only be okay with how sensitive I am, but actually embrace it and be loved for it. So it's very special to have you here. (laughs) And the thing that I would love to dive into a little bit is home. Hmm. And as I think about home, because it's a very relevant topic for me today, as you mentioned, I am in the middle of a move. 
we are sitting <laughs> in my apartment that is full of packed boxes. And part of my uh, move right now is really centered around this concept of home. Hmm. And the thing that I kind of wanted to start with was as a uber sensitive human, it has often felt really challenging for me to feel like I belong in spaces. Hmm. It's felt challenging for me to feel a sense of home, either with people or in different environments. I think this is something that my gut tells me a lot of sensitive people feel. It can feel really easy to feel out of place or very uncomfortable or like you're kind of on an island <laughs> sometimes. And I just want to ask you, and just to also set the stage here, I identify as being pretty introverted, and I believe, Cass, you identify a little bit more... <laughs> I would say I'm pretty extroverted. Extroverted, so. yeah. But also... Also sensitive. sensitive. So yeah. it's, it's kind of an interesting combination where I feel like a lot of literature on being sensitive centers around being an introvert or crowds being a lot for you. I vacillate between needing to be around people and thriving in a crowd. Like I truly yeah. love working a crowd, speaking in front of a crowd dancing with a crowd, like a flash mob is like my best case scenario at any time, especially if there's neon involved. <laughs> but then at the same time, picking up on everybody's energy can be very, very exhausting. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition, I feel like, of being highly sensitive and highly extroverted. Yeah, I'm just in awe and admiration because <laughs> the things <laughs> you run towards, I'm like running away from. Usually the neon flash mob. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's nice. See ya. Right? See you on the other side. So, yeah. So, the <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, before we get into home, yeah. I think maybe the entry point here is you mentioned that our friendship felt like a container. And yeah. that feels kind of related to perhaps what you wanted to share about home. I guess I'm just wondering if you could put some more words to that because that language might be something that you and I have talked about a lot, but maybe others might benefit from hearing a little bit about. So home to me in the context of our friendship has felt, for me, it means a place where I feel accepted and where it's safe to be me. Mm. And I have learned uh, over my lifetime in a lot of different ways that it wasn't safe to just be myself. And I talked quite a bit about this in my inaugural episode. <laughs> and... You are one of the first, not the first, but I think the depth that our friendship has grown to has been the first dynamic with another person for me in my whole 33, almost 34 years of life where I feel like it's safe to be me. And that happened very gradually over time. Like it didn't, it's not like we just met and all of a sudden it was like, bam, deep depths of the ocean. <laughs> No, it took time. Like I said, we've been friends for five years. Um, it took time and like our own, us being on our own personal growth journeys to kind of arrive here. But the concept of home as it relates to our friendship, I feel very at home in our friendship. It doesn't really matter where we are. I just know that I'm when I'm with you, it feels like it is okay to just be me. And not only just okay, but you also, <laughs> you celebrate the parts of me that I have often been 
challenged with accepting within myself. So like, for instance, and I do really want to talk about home, but this now feels important to share. (laughs) So we just took a little uh, girls trip recently. And there was one moment during that trip where we were getting ready to go out to dinner. And I was, I put one outfit on. And then I was like walking around in it for a moment. And then I decided, "Mm, I think I'm going to change. And then maybe I think I saw what you were wearing. And I was like, maybe I want to change again. (laughs) (laughs) And in the past, like that sort of, like the energy I had around that for myself, and we weren't talking about this. It was just me like observing and then doing like changing my outfit in at, at that time in that moment. But the energy I have had around it and had around it in that moment was that, oh, I need to do this quickly. Like, I need Mm. to do this quickly because if I don't do it quickly, it's going to be annoying or irritating to the other person because I'm taking too long and I can't make up my mind. Mm. And, like, not being able to make up my mind has been a thing for me (laughs) in my past relationships and, like, friendships, relationships all around where it was not looked on kindly Hmm. where I was always like people would get frustrated with me like can't you just make a decision or make up your mind and making up my mind or making a decision for me became challenging it's gotten easier as I've like consciously worked on deciding what I want and what I like but before I got to that point it was challenging because I feel like when I would try to make decisions, what I was trying to do was please external things. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying to make the decision based on something outside of myself because I learned that if I made decisions just for me, sometimes they wouldn't be received well or I wouldn't get, I wouldn't feel accepted or I would be made fun of or any number of things that didn't feel good. So then it becomes this game of like, now I got to figure out how to make decisions where other people will accept me for them. Mm. And that can take endless amounts of minutes <laughs> because mm. there's no like way to please everyone, um, but you're trying. So it's just this constant tension and struggle. So anyway, and that, that was the energy I was feeling about me changing my outfit. I don't know if you knew that, but that was how I was feeling. And you didn't say anything about it at the time. You just were like, okay, you know, like you were just very, you, I don't remember what you said to me, but you probably said something nice. And, um, you were just like, you didn't rush me or say anything negative at all. But then, then a little bit later, and it might've been the next day or another day. I don't remember exactly. You shared with me that you enjoyed, and I'm paraphrasing here, but actually, can you say it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's always interesting to imagine the scenario of witnessing somebody else, I think, and how do you put words to explain the experience of watching someone else have an experience, right, without getting yeah. too meta. And so what I remember saying to you is something to the effect of, it made me feel more bold to be me that you could choose something different for you. Hmm. And I'm probably paraphrasing the paraphrase. But the idea for me was I was watching you wait until you dropped into the best feeling of yourself. And it took a few tries. Like, literally, you put on a few different outfits. And I think, you know, we do that with careers and relationships and homes, even. We try on a few different things. We've lived many different places, even in the iteration of our five years of friendship. 
Um, from glass penthouses to ocean view apartments, there's been many changes for us. Mm-hmm. And I think my takeaway was that you cared enough about yourself to create the experience you really wanted. Mm-hmm. And you're willing to let the rest go. And I think that is something that I've really admired with your personal journey um, of being a sensitive person, of saying, there's an experience you want to have and you're willing to give yourself that experience. And if mm-hmm. that means you're going to try on a lot of different things, whether that's places or people or careers or ideas or ideologies, you're going to try on a lot of different things before you find what really fits. But you feel your energy in that moment felt that you were unwilling to compromise. You were just wanting mm-hmm. to be authentic. And so I think there's a moment where you could look at it and I get a little hangry sometimes, so I just try to, like, have, have a book nearby. <laughs> like, I know it's probably going to take a while. <laughs> but what does it mean to be generous with the opportunity for you to self-express? And I think, to me, that's part of what makes a friendship feel like home is what if there's enough room for the other person to self-express, their fullest expression? And what if in your patience and in your generosity you actually create more room for the person to who you love to be more them? And sometimes that person you love that needs more room is actually you. So, sometimes. Usually. <laughs> All the time, every day. <laughs> oh. So I, f- I feel like part of what I'm witnessing with this transition for you with home is that you've been willing to try on different homes and different places and different cities and different um, iterations of you to find what really fits. And... And in some ways, the takeaway is there's not one size fits all. There's not one Mm. silver bullet. There's not one perfect scenario. There's homes that have matched you at different iterations of you as you've expanded in this space, as you've decorated the space, as um, I think as a sensitive person, as you learn to take up space, right, with Mm. your body. Um, Yeah. So I'm kind of curious if we could drop into literally today what home means for you today. For me, home today literally means just being at home in my body. My body is the temple of now an ever-expanding experience of my personal collections. That's what home means for me. Yeah. What does home mean for you today? Ooh, a little role reversal here. Okay. (laughs) Home for me, uh, and I have this on a sticky note, actually. It really is at this stage in my life where I feel safest to be myself. Hmm. And... I do think there is a huge element of feeling safe enough to be in my body. And I think you've walked that journey a little bit more than I have (laughs) at this stage, which is okay. We've all got our own path. But for me, spending so much time where I felt distinctly unsafe to be me and where I'm really learning just who I am again and how to be me again, part of it's it was the main driving factor for why I started this podcast was like to find not to find my voice um I know where it is but to express my voice and Mm. to not be afraid to share it to to speak to have a voice that is mine (laughs) and mine alone that is what home means to me today hmm And I also think that the people around you are a very important element into home Mm. as well. I actually think, so part of my move, 
a big element of my move is to bring my family together. And this is new and different (laughs) for me and my family. We've never lived uh, in the same place as all adults before. And I think that family is an interesting thing to think about in the context of home because our families are by and large like a huge part of who shape us and Mm -hmm. who shape who we are and who we become early on in life. And they're often (laughs) part of the picture and story of like how we feel like we need to shift or grow later on in life. So when we think about our stories, a lot of times we think about some of maybe the more challenging or painful experiences we had growing up. And usually family plays, oftentimes family can play a role in those stories. So coming back to family and creating home with family is feels pretty juicy. This mm. is a word we love. <laughs> because how do you feel, how do you get to a space where you feel safe with your family, with the people that potentially not caused you to, you know, to be in a space where you need to grow, but like who contributed to your story of where you are today. And maybe that story isn't your favorite one, (laughs) Hmm. you know? Um, I think there's a really juicy um, journal prompt there. (laughs) Yeah. Do you mind if I riff on that for a second? Please. So it's interesting because as you're saying that, I've, I've been living with my parents and brother as an adult now for almost a year, actually. And I moved in during the pandemic, and the reason was I just needed a stronger sense of community. Mm -hmm. I just needed to feel closeness physically, socially, emotionally. And so I made the decision to leave my beautiful apartment in the Hollywood Hills and uh, move in with my family into my childhood home. And... The, the really unexpected gift and blessing of being so close to my family members as an adult. I left home when I was 17 and I'm 32 now. And so it's been almost half a lifetime of being away. And the real unexpected blessing is in the daily moments. And I'll give you an example. There's been so many tender and beautiful moments of connection and sharing meals and laughing and playing games, watching movies. Uh, Christina, you actually inspired uh, what we call the Bond and Bond night now in my family, which is yes. watching James Bond <laughs> and bonding, which we're going to actually do in two days. And that's thanks to you because you went on a rampage of watching James Bond movies one day. And I was like, that's the greatest idea you've ever had. I'm just kidding. You have tons of great ideas. So, you know, one moment was... You know, when you live with your family, there's just like these irritations that come up and they're Mm -hmm. so innocuous and so small that they could cloud sort of the bigger picture of joy if you let it. And so there's this one moment today where I'm in my workout clothes. I literally have my clothes in my hands to go take a shower. I'm like closing the bathroom door. My mom's still talking at me and I'm like, clearly like there's no other physical way I could possibly be giving you a sign that I don't want to talk to you other than like literally I'm shutting the door on your face. And I just go, you know what, mom, like what you're saying to me is really important right now. But if we could pause, I really care about what you're sharing and I want to come back to it later. 
But right now I'm, I'm literally in the middle of something and I have to get back to work. Um, cause let's throw on top of living with my family. I also work from home, which is insane, but being able to set like a gentle boundary by telling her, you know what, like what you are saying to me is really important. I really want to hear your story. I really want to dig into it, but I just, I don't have capacity right now. Like I literally need to get in the shower and I need to hop on my next work call. And she was like, of course, of course, like enjoy. Bye. And like flutters off. And it was just this moment of showing me that I'm actually able to ask for what I want and what I need in, in any given moment. And to learn how to do that as an adult from a family where maybe boundaries aren't cultivated or expected or people come up against your boundaries because you live in such close quarters and we all share a bathroom, like it's all insane. Just that moment of grace of being able to say what I needed with love and also set a boundary. It just showed me like home can be a place that you can actually return to and you can reset yourself in it. And I think I deeply believe if you can like live with your family and community, even just for a moment, there's a sense of freedom because you're getting to rewrite those patterns. And so for mm. me, home's really expanded out into this new idea of how can I ask for what I want and need? And how does that feel safe? And as a sensitive person, I think I learned very, very young just don't ask. Don't mm -hmm. ask for what you want. Don't ask for what you need. And that's made my adult relationships really difficult. Really difficult. And so today mm -hmm. was just a very seemingly small and innocuous moment where I saw myself do something very different and make a different choice. And that choice gave me more freedom at home. Yeah. So do you think that you're living at home and learning these new ways, uh, new dynamics with your family um, where you are exploring <laughs> saying your needs and um, having them potentially met, does that affect your dynamics outside of your home and outside of your family? Yeah, that's a good question. I think of home as sort of that base camp. And if you've ever been out in nature and you kind of create a base camp and then maybe you go out and you go adventuring for the day, you go to the river, you go hiking, you go out in nature there's some place to return to. I think for me, home, as the iteration that I'm in right now, learning to live in community with my family as an adult, learning really healthy boundaries, and also learning joy. That's given me a lot more confidence to go out and create other intimate relationships because I feel that I have a base camp to return to. And I think mm -hmm. the base camp is twofold for me. I mean, truly, I meant it when I said earlier, it feels like my body is really my home and coming fully into the embodied experience of me, mm -hmm. that feels like my primary home. My secondary home feels very much like the space that I share right now with my family and the way that I'm able to create a sense of community in a, in a space that I literally don't own. And that actually feels kind of special as well. Of, you know, home doesn't necessarily have to be the place you own, although that's something huge to be celebrated. It can also be a place where you feel welcomed by people that love you. I think it can be both. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Feels really true. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one thing that we haven't talked about, I don't know if you want to share a couple words around this, is home is really the people that you share your life with. Mm -hmm. And so just curious if you have any words kind of looking toward the future of... What does home mean for you moving forward? So what came up for me initially when you said home is the people you share your life with, I think that's what you said, is that 
how much of my life am I sharing with me, like myself? Hmm. Which to me kind of sits with the question of how honest am I with myself? How well do I know my own feelings? And I say this because because I I am so sensitive. I've spent a lot of time living in a state of withdrawal. Hmm. So I don't do this as much anymore just because I've learned and I have like a tool set to move through things now. But before I knew any of this, I lived in a state of withdrawal, which to me just means I experienced enough things that felt too painful where I removed myself entirely and I lived kind of from back here, like with Mm. a shell. And when you live from that space, you stop feeling most anything. You're just like removed from feelings altogether. And it's when you're removed from feelings, it's very hard to know how you feel about something because you're, you literally are like stopping yourself from experiencing the feeling. And so coming to a question of home and home being (laughs) the people you share your life with, if you are in a withdrawn state where you have, where you're sitting kind of, you know, way back here and you're removed from yourself, you're, you're really not at home with yourself either. Hmm. It's like you've you've kind of like checked out <laughs> and left for, you know, a moment or a good long time. And sometimes I will say that 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 response is normal when things do feel like they're too much or they are mm. too painful. However, it doesn't need to be the place that you make your emotional home in. You don't have to stay there endlessly. Mm. There's a way to come back. Can I paraphrase something that feels pretty important? Yeah. It feels like what you're sharing is that home is a process of self-discovery. And before you can really create connection with others, what's the depth of your communion with yourself? Absolutely. That feels really important that you shared that. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Hmm. I think the question that I have is, what does home mean moving forward? What's the open future to be defined? For me, where I am in my space, home is me continually showing up as me. Hmm. (laughs) And for me, it is starting with my actual family. So for me, my family, my immediate family at this stage in my life is uh, my mom and my brother, my older brother. And... We are all wildly different people. (laughs) I think that they sometimes think I'm a little, they may not always understand like what I'm up to or (laughs) what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm probably, I wouldn't call myself eccentric, but I definitely (laughs) have more curious tastes than either my mom or my brother. However, as I've started exploring showing up as me and finding spaces where it's not only okay to be me, but celebrated to be me, Mm. which our friendship has given me. I've started feeling brave enough to show up as me with my mom and my brother. Mm. And that's new for me. And the response that I get from them, like where I think what I would think before is that because they didn't always understand what I was saying or how, you know, the feelings behind what I might say, I just decided to stop saying anything at all. 
Hmm. Um, But today, when I express myself or say something about how I'm feeling to them, I don't think they always totally understand it, but they always want to. And they're always listening to me. And they always are trying to say something to make me feel better or whatever, you know, to if I'm not feeling well to make me feel better or if I'm um, sharing something that's exciting to me, they'll celebrate it. Hmm. (laughs) And again, I still feel like there's not the depth to which I'm sensitive. They are not. But that has become okay. And being able to start feeling at home in those relationships doesn't hinge on that for me anymore. Hmm. Um, Because I know more about myself now and I know that what I'm feeling, even if it's not interpreted in the way that I would like it to be, is still real and valid to me. And that the way it gets interpreted by them is, you know, interpreted through their own lens, their life experience, who they are. Um, the level to which they experience things, and that's okay. Hmm. So home for me is continually um, Hmm. learning to be honest with myself, to show up for myself, and then doing it with my family members as well. And I think in that space, it feels important to feel a sense of home because I do think when we feel... A sense of home, it it almost like allows us to kind of go about the world and to explore outside of home, Mm. but know that we have somewhere to kind of come back to. And that feels true for like feeling at home in your body, feeling at home with your people, feeling at home in a space. And then it all starts with feeling at home with yourself. Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty lovely. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for putting words to that experience. Yeah. I could think of nothing more fun to do in this moment. Feels pretty perfect. It does. So this conversation has, like the first one I had with just myself, gone in a completely different direction than I may have thought it would, but don't they always? (laughs) Doesn't life always? (laughs) That's pretty true. Do you have any closing thoughts on home? And because for me, big piece of this podcast was the concept of asking ourselves new questions. Hmm. Would you have any new questions to share around what home could mean for you or for someone else? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me into this conversation. I think my initial answer to the question of home is it's an emerging co-created concept. Mm. It feels simultaneously like what we strive for is sometimes stability, and yet life is about embracing change. And there's no permanence in perfection. Mm. To strive for perfection and permanence is like something that you grasp at that I just don't think exists anymore. And so I think there's just beauty in the strewn cardboard boxes and the fact that we're sitting on a sleeping bag recording a podcast with red solo cups of really delicious wine. Mm -hmm. 
And finding the, the beauty and the imperfection, I think, is part of home. It's like, what if you accept the experience as it's unfolding instead of making it other than what it needs to be? Hmm. So I feel like just in this moment, it's reminding me that my question is, how can I allow and accept more than expect? Like, how can I show hmm. up with an open heart to allow and truly embrace and accept the what is instead of what I think it should be? And I think that's the sort of path to a lack of suffering, but also true fulfillment, contentment, and joy is true acceptance of what is. And so I appreciate the acceptance of our friendship, and I appreciate the acceptance of the wabi-sabi, the, the upside-down, the asymmetrical, the mess, the mess, living in the mess, and the ability to live in the mess with somebody you truly love. I think that's home. Hmm. Oh, that's just so lovely. I have to say, as you're talking, all of the glitter <laughs> just sparkles, <laughs> and it just feels so perfect. It was a little sparkly. Yeah. And I guess that's it. It's a contrast, right? Mm-hmm. So we bring the sparkle. We bring the sparkle. We illuminate the home. I think that's the line. We bring the sparkle. We do. What else is there? <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I have a feeling you will show up again. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what I would like to leave you with today, because I do love questions, questions change our ways of thinking and they introduce us into expansion. And as someone who has struggled with feeling at home for quite a while and is just learning to understand what that means on an experiential level and understand what it means to create that feeling as well. I would leave you with a question about what is home for you? Hmm. What feels like home? What could feel like home? Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This has been an absolute joy. (laughs) Letting me into your home and letting me into the home of your podcast. And here's to unfolding new expansive homes. Here's to unfolding new expansive homes for us all. Indeed. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's the Christina Show. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to share with a friend. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at itsthechristinashow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.